Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus, and our very special guest, Tiffany Simmons. Uh, this episode is sponsored by ourselves. Join the inner circle, www.themaximuspodcast.com. Go there, uh, sign up for the inner circle. You'll have access to Joe and I on a daily basis, nutrition information, workouts. Uh, Joe, I have no idea what else is on there, but it's a bunch of cool <laughs> stuff. Yes. <laughs> And I like I like Tiffany that you're you're shaking my book. You're a good you're a good promo person. I yeah. appreciate yes. that. I think you got that in the mail today or yesterday. One I did last night. Yep. Good. Good. Did you did you, you read it yet? <laughs> Hold on. Let me show the picture one more time. Here you go, Joe. Oh yeah, that's even better. <laughs> Beautiful. We got it now. So if you. If you are watching this, you'll see Tiffany holding my book. If you're listening to it, we just tried to do an ad. It didn't work out the greatest, but this this happens to us. Uh, Tiffany, I have a question. Have you read the book yet? I have not read the book yet. I did open the book. I love the visuals, though. <laughs> Good. I like that. That's that's what most people say. Um, you know, but I the reason the reason I wanted to ask you if you read the book, I, I have expected you to read it by now. But only because you're uh, an extremely what we call high functioning individual, um, which is one of the reasons we wanted to have you on uh, on the show. Um, you're a lawyer. And from the research I've done, a pretty damn good one. I am the motherfucking best. All right. <laughs> All right. I like it. So am I not supposed to curse on your show? <laughs> it don't matter. No, no, no. It we like matter. we like we like bad words. We're yeah. good with well, that. I am, I am the best at what I do. And let me let me let me tell you, you know, back up what I'm saying. Real talk. Um, I've been in practicing law based in Atlanta 10 years. I have never lost a trial, civil or criminal. And that is definitely by hard work, by the grace of God. And because I'm the best. <laughs> so you are. That's the question I was going to ask you, because rumor on the street is that your lifetime undefeated. Like that's like, like Floyd Mayweather. I am I'm Floyd Mayweather in these streets. But, you know, me and him, we grew up in the same city. We're from Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it's something okay. in that Grand Rapids, Michigan water. <laughs> I like it. And you're also something called a super lawyer, correct? <laughs> um, I could be called that as well. Yes, I did get um, awarded Super Lawyers 2020 Rising Star. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, that accolade, a lot of the accolades I've gotten over the years, because it's definitely um, hard work behind it. It's not just Instagram taking pictures, looking like the lawyer. It's actually putting in the work behind the scenes that most people don't see that us lawyers do. Yeah, for sure. Now, I didn't know what it meant, but so people listening, uh, only two and a half percent, a maximum of two and a half percent of lawyers per state can win this award. And that doesn't seem uh, it, it seems like that might be a lot of people. But you put up a post the other day that there are fifty one thousand lawyers in Georgia alone. It so is. You're you're the top one thousand really of fifty one thousand people, like just based on numbers for that award. That's pretty like it's a pretty good achievement. You're certainly in the minority. We'll put it that way for uh, <laughs> success in your career, which is great. Thank you. Thank you. And then you're also and the reason I say high functioning, uh, you're an actress. Uh, you've been in a bunch of bigger, you, you know, kind of things. Um, tell us a little bit about that and the modeling and everything else you do. 
on the side. All right. Um, well, I am a person that I'm just passionate about life and the things that I like to do. Um, theater started for me when I was a little girl, acting, modeling. Um, when I was a little baby, I was um, a child model. But the acting came, my mom put me in theater classes. And I remember when I was in my very first like big play in the, the, the city at our theater, and it was myself and the play was actually the miracle worker. So I don't know if you all know the story of Helen Keller, but that's what that play was about. And I'll never forget the little girl who played Helen Keller. I remember um, somebody, I don't know if it was her family or whatever, but they came in and brought her this big bouquet of roses, you know, cause it was the opening night. Um, my family brought me flowers as well. However, it was just something about seeing her as the um, star. And that was like, I want that. I want that. And not necessarily for the accolades, but just the experience of taking a story or taking a character and making it your own and then giving it to the audience. Like that, that's, it's dope. It's amazing. I, I love, you know, when I'm doing stuff with entertainment. Um, I also, I write books. Here's actually my fourth book called The Plugs Lawyer, which will be a film this year. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm involved with a whole lot of stuff outside being the lawyer. <laughs> so where where do you find the time to do all this? Uh, are you are you one of these people that doesn't need sleep? You're just functioning 24 7, 365. I definitely need sleep. Um, you know, to since this is a, a health kind of a podcast, I guess, let's talk about the health side. I definitely need sleep because I am a person that deals with a lot of stress as a lawyer. The, uh, the law field, we're the second highest stress uh, field behind ER doctors. So, definitely taking care of my body which is sleep, which is um, emotional health, which is physical health, that is number one for me. So I definitely get sleep. Um, a lot of the things that you see me accomplish or you know, things that I've done have been planned, like ideas of mine since childhood. So it's just a matter of continuing to push and push every day, trying to do something to get towards that goal. So you find time for the things that you wanna do, period. Yeah, and fitness seems to be a part of your routine. It you is. It is. Bobby, I'm telling you, I look at old interviews from last year. I was fat. <laughs> like, I was fat. You can see it in my face and everything. And it, I was unhealthy for myself. Although I still looked good and, yeah, pretty girl and all of that, from January last year till now, I've lost over close to 60 pounds. Wow. Um, for me, a lot of it was health. Uh, I mean, for emotional health, mental health, because when you put in the actual work of losing weight or losing that amount of weight, you're dealing with the mental, you're dealing with emotional as well. There was times when, you know, the weight wasn't coming off, but I was still going to my trainer. I was still going to the gym. I was still working out. And all of that that helps build mental endurance. So now, even though I'm not there just to, you know, lose more weight per se, I'm there to continue to build mental endurance. I go to my trainer still. I go to the gym on my own. So it's a it's a lifestyle thing, but it's also to help 
me to maintain being just a, a well-rounded person, not just looking pretty, but feeling pretty from the inside out. And that's just taking care of yourself and your body. Well, it, it sounds to me like uh, you're also not trying to do it all on your own. You know, you mentioned like you use a trainer and, and that's not a luxury that everybody has. But clearly this is important enough for you that you're not just going to to try to just white knuckle and force yourself into the gym each day. But having somebody who helps keep you accountable, who can help make sure that you're doing the right kind of thing seems to be a, a pretty wise decision when your mind is going to be on work, on the next project you've got coming up. And you just kind of need to show up and get get stuff done. Right. Right. Well, I'm actually one of them people that I like to let people do what they're best at. So if you are the trainer, I'm going to let you do that. If I'm the lawyer, let me do that. If you're, you know, whatever. But to kind of hone in on affordability, because a lot of people, they put off health because they say I can't afford it or I can't afford a trainer. You can afford it. My trainer, he trains celebrities down to the common person, and it's very affordable. And let me tell you another thing. Even the times where I had to say, hey, this week it's not in the budget to go to my trainer, that's when I pushed myself to go to the gym. So, again, once you're in a routine and you're getting the mental side of, of you know, growth or wanting to uh, be healthy, then that's half the battle. You know, you, you'll learn to do it on your own. You'll say, okay, my trainer isn't here. What can I do on my own? And because it was two months, I had to travel a lot for business and I couldn't go to my trainer, but I stayed in the gym. I stayed, you know, with, with good eating habits. Um, and, and, you know, it's also to help you learn about yourself. When you're fixing yourself from the inside out, you, you learn more about what makes you you. For example, I learned like this year, um, I learned that I am an empath. I don't know if you all have heard that term, but it's basically a person that feels people's energy um, very heavy. We're, we're sensitive to people's energy or, or what they're going through. Um, I always knew that I had a sensitivity to people, but now learning that I am actually an empath, that's helping me when I deal with clients, that's helping me in my community, because now I know how to respond a little different than what I've done in the past. Because in the past, I may have been labeled as, um, oh, you're being emotional or what's wrong? Why do you have an attitude? I'll give you a real example. I was in court yesterday for a client. And as soon as I walked in, I immediately felt everybody's energy in there, even down to opposing counsel. And it got to, and I stayed calm, waiting on what I needed from opposing counsel. And it got to a point where I told her, I, I, I now knowing I'm an empath, I told her, I said, look, you're not going to play with my intelligence. I'm about to leave. And I left. Of course, it was, you know, other stuff going on. But I say that to say I felt my energy getting to a space where it didn't need to be. So I removed myself from that. And that is something that I've learned through not only the physical fitness, but the emotional fitness, et cetera, um, of just, you know, investing in myself. If you don't invest in yourself, you cannot be the best for your families, your communities, et cetera. Yeah. How has that affected uh, not just like your work environment, but just your personal environment? Because it sounds to me if you were surrounded with a bunch of naysayers, there's no way you would be able to stay productive and positive and do the things that you've done. So have you had to, I don't know, cut 
ties with certain types of people or set kind of ground rules? How does that work? Yes, yes. Well, I've always been a self-motivated type person. I've always been the leader in my community, my family. So as far as um, people being naysayers around me, I've always had that. But I always had the vision vision and knew where my life was going to kind of go. So that's not the, I guess, the hard part of it. But what I learned even through this year is setting boundaries with people around you. Because, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, cut people off, cut these people off. Sometimes it's not about cutting people off. It's about you growing and learning the things that you need to do to deal with those type of people. Everybody is not meant to be your friend or your best friend or your yes person. It may be that they're there to help you grow. They may be there to help you learn something. They may be there to help you, like I said, learn how to create boundaries. And that's something that I'm doing more of now. But that comes from, um, like I say, the self-work. It's crazy for me to be an undefeated attorney and I fight for people every day. I stick up for people like I'm the cousin that. You know, I went and slapped the girl because she said something to my other cousin. Like, I'm all of that. But when it came to me, I had that. I had to retrain myself because I looked at who's fighting for me. Am I fighting for me? And then I had to say, no, you have to fight for you the same way you fight for those clients and the people in the community, because nobody is going to be your best advocate but yourself. I love that. So I have a question about uh, you walked into the courtroom, you felt everybody's energy. Have you noticed a difference the way people perceive you since you've lost that much weight? Has it changed uh, how people perceive you as a lawyer, how people perceive you as an opponent, how people perceive you in the acting and modeling world? Has there been a remarkable um, effect? I have not. I haven't noticed a change yet in the the modeling and acting world, but I've always like captured attention or, or drawn attention. I've always been pretty or all those sorts of things. So for me, it I don't feel as though the weight loss has um, really made a difference, to be honest, in court or, you know, in that arena, because I've always carried myself well. Um, Even when I was heavier, I didn't appear to be as heavy as I was. Even when I say I lost between 50, close to 60 pounds, you you really wouldn't see it. You seen it only in my face for the most part. Um, Only the I, I would say what changed the most besides the weight loss, like I say, is just me mentally. Mentally, I'm stronger. Mentally, I'm more focused. Um, mentally, I am in a different space where I'm commanding a different type of um, respect, a different type of client base, a different type of you know level with the things that I do. That makes sense. And that's one of the benefits we see a lot from the training, which is one of the number one reasons we recommend that professionals especially high functioning professionals get into exercise looks are one thing, but the whole other, I guess the, the, the things that come from the inside out that can help you, your resilience, your ability to deal with stress, your ability to handle conflict, they improve wildly. Now, one question, one question I've always, you know, wanted to ask you, and it's a little different than our podcast topics generally are is, 
I, I don't know how to word it, but like you're a really dope person. Like you're fun. <laughs> you're exciting. You learned it. <laughs> I want to I want to I want to hang out with you. Um, like there's a lot of things that, that you 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 sparkle, if you will. But I've always pictured lawyers as like a stuffy in a suit with glasses, ultra professional, like a person that like if I ran into my lawyer in the grocery store, they better be in a suit and like slicked back and ready to go. Um, Has your image, I guess, ever affected the way that judges or opponents look at you? Is it an advantage, a disadvantage or uh, do you know what I'm trying to say? I do know what you're trying to say. Fucking right. It plays a difference. (laughs) All right. The thing is, you met me outside of court. Remember, we met. We Joe, did he tell you how we met? Yeah, met I remember. I, I actually okay. I met you very briefly because the two of you oh, were yeah, sitting you down. Were in yeah. Lobby. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so just for for the listeners, uh, Bobby and I were at a, a fitness show. Um, I was at the American Fitness Expo down in Houston, and yeah. I was just coming into the hotel, and the two of you were just sitting there having a really lively conversation. And so Bobby was just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, by the way, here's my friend Joe. Anyway, and he was like right back into the conversation. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, and you were were there, so there's a further background here. You were there for, there's a girl named Toya Wright um, who was doing a 5K run. And well, wait, if, don't forget don't... to mention my trainer because it was her and my trainer, Corey Billis. Uh, he goes by the king of fitness. They were doing the 5K walk in that. And so it was yeah. ironic that we both were there for something fitness related. For, yep. for fitness related. And to be honest with you, uh, Toya Wright may be one of the not one of the last people that you'd expect to be in fitness, but right. she's she's in a way hip hop royalty. Um, uh-huh. and it's, it's, it's really cool. I actually ran into her at the airport and I talked to her, you know, for a minute and just thanked her for using her platform to help mm-hmm. inspire other people to get fit. Cause it's one thing when your trainer says, get fit. It's one thing when your family member says, get fit. But when it's somebody that you look up to that has a platform that says, get fit, she has the ability to reach a bunch of people who otherwise may not have been reached. I thought it was really cool that she's uh, kind of taken this and ran with it. And I just saw her and I think your trainer posted the other day that there's going to be a whole tour again next year. Like they're doing the whole 5k thing in Houston Mm -hmm. and Georgia and all over the United States, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what we were doing last year. But yeah, to kind of answer your question, um, when I'm in court, I am very uh, conservative for the most part. Although um, I was known as the lawyer in my Jordans because I used to wear my Jordans sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm known for different things. However, um, I am also known as being a straight shooter, being honest and getting the job done when I'm in court. I have my small earrings on. I have my suit on. I like to wear a dress or a skirt. I don't like pantsuit. So, you know, to be honest, in court, I'm a little bit traditional. Now, one thing I have to say, um, you know, people's perception of lawyers is like you said, uh, you know, stuffy in a suit or an old man in a suit, whatever you call it. For me, I knew I could never be that. I could never be an old white man in a suit. I could never be a a Asian man in a suit. I could never be nothing but Tiffany Michelle Simmons. And the more that I honed in on being authentic to myself, 
that's where you find the power at. So to answer your question, um, it's not easy remaining very authentic to myself, but it is the path that, you know, it's for me. I don't I don't come from lawyers. I always kind of say that I didn't come from that world. So I wasn't um, biased or, or jaded or or looked to fit in a certain mold. You get what I'm saying? Um, and I think that has helped me in some ways sustain. That has helped me um, kind of take risks and push the mold um, of things that I do. I do give back a lot. I have the Young Lawyers Club boot camp. I have, you know, books for young lawyers. I mentor, et cetera. But again, my path is very different from the, the traditional lawyer path because besides being the lawyer, I, I am talent. I am an entertainer, if we shall say. Um, and and I, I love my path, though. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried, and you probably got this question before, maybe not, but has any judge or lawyer tried to use your quote unquote Instagram life against you in any way? Has that ever come up or are those things kind of banned from the courtroom? Like if you're on your Instagram in a dress or a bikini or, you know, something going on, has that ever come up? No, um, we're the, the social media world. That's new. That's, you know, the, the, that's kind of newer. So for me, I've always been self-employed. I've always owned Simmons Law. So I haven't had that uh, that large firm or that boss looking over your shoulder. Now, I will give you an example of a situation where it did affect me. Um, as you all know, I do legal trial analyzing on TV. There was a particular show that I um, was on. And one of the execs of the show, they just so happened to follow me on social media and they did see something on there that they didn't particularly like. Um, And I'll just say what it was. It was a picture with um, I think it was like my birthday picture or something. And I had my middle finger up and they didn't like that. Um, And I will say that did change the relationship with me and that particular entity. However, it was a lesson on both ends because. it was a lesson for me, I guess, in just knowing when something maybe um, the time is up for you, because, that, you know, the time could have been up for me with that particular, you know, door being open. But then it also goes back to that kind of double standard, you know, that we have out there. And I say double standard because one of my counterparts who is um, not a black female attorney. (laughs) She's a white female attorney. She had a similar picture doing similar things. Um, and she still works with that particular company. So, um, yeah, that was okay. Yeah, it was okay for her. So, um, that is, that is, I guess, a situation where social media was kind of, I guess, used against me. But again, I took it as, um, a learning lesson and I was appreciative for the time that I did have with that particular business. And I kept it moving because you're not going to be everybody. No, that's for sure. Now I've experienced the same thing where, because I've given a middle finger, because I swear a lot, because I listen to a lot of hip hop or reggae, I've been excluded from certain jobs. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I've also been contacted by people for jobs because they like that side of me. So on the other hand, has the acting, the modeling, the IG, has that got you jobs because you're cool? 
Do you know what I mean? Like, like you're yeah, the lawyer yeah, that I would want to hire. Yeah, because if I get to spend time with my lawyer all the time, I want to spend someone time with someone that gets me, someone I like, someone that's fun to be around. Has that worked positively for you? It has. It has worked positively because you have people that realize, hey, I can identify with this person. I've had younger attorneys, law students. They always DM me. Hey, I'm so happy to see that you're real. You're authentic. You're who you say you are. So realistically, a lot of what I'm doing now is laying the groundwork for the next generations of attorneys just to be authentically themselves. Um, As far as the acting and modeling, like I say, I've been doing that for a long time. Um, So I think, you know, the being healthier in the weight loss has kind of helped as it relates to, you know, filming. But I can't say that I've been told, oh, you're getting more roles because you're you're skinnier now. I haven't I haven't experienced any of that as of yet. Now I'm having more fun with my modeling shoots now that I'm, you know, uh, slimmer. So, you know, that's definitely a benefit. (laughs) I like it. I like it, too, because you're you're clearly very passionate about the law thing. And then the, the kind of modeling acting is sort of a whole nother thing. If the right part came along, would you turn your back on the legal world and just focus on the entertainment? Fucking right. Yeah. Fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because here's a little background. Okay. When I was probably like mm, 15, 16, um, the talks of me wanting to be a lawyer, that actually came from I knew I can be a pretty face in the entertainment world. I want to know the business. I want to bring, have something to bring to the table. So, you know, the, the attorney really is just the catalyst for me to be able to do a lot of the things that I like to do. Even practicing law, to be honest, I love giving back. I love helping people. Um, I am passionate about um, people seeking justice, getting justice. I have had relatives in the criminal justice system. I have had you know, friends, boyfriends that I've seen behind bars. So a lot of the things that I experienced as the lawyer um, definitely has touched me more than just textbook in, in being the lawyer. It has been a part of my life. Um, so, so yeah. When did you decide? So I want to, I want to go back in time a little bit. You grew up in Grand Rapids. It is, it's, it's a very conservative town. Um, yeah. My family was well known, though, because they were in the hair industry and had small businesses. So honestly, I was insulated from a lot of stuff. Now, I come from I don't come from a a rich family or anything like that. I come from a family that was just hood popular and worked hard. (laughs) But I say that to say I was kind of insulated because. I knew people in the neighborhood, the, the corner store, they knew me, they knew my family. They, you know, so I was insulated from a lot of stuff because, or, or protected because the community knew me. Um, but there was poverty. There was living paycheck to paycheck. Um, poverty is not always necessarily, I don't have a meal to eat. It could be your mindset of living in poverty or thinking that you always have to work hard to have something. Um, It's not necessarily a a work hard. You can work smarter. So uh, for me, Grand Rapids, um, Midwest, you know, like they say, it's cold in the day. It's cold there. It's a, it's, 
it's uh, it's a, a background that definitely made me strong enough to leave home at 17 and never look back. And was that difficult for you? I mean, it, 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 I would think that becoming who you are from Grand Rapids has, in a way, instilled you with a sense of strength, confidence, perseverance. I just know that you cannot achieve great levels of success unless you've experienced or um, some progressed past a lot of adversities. And I have had, honestly, I feel like I've lived a few lifetimes and I'm not yet 40, but I'm close to it. (laughs) But um, I say that because by the age of five, I was molested by a family member. So from five and then you have to still deal with that family member and the family. So to deal with... um, the effects of trauma at such an early age, then on top of dealing with moving around a lot, then on top of dealing with young parents that are really kids themselves. um, A lot of the things that I experienced, honestly, I didn't even really know it was dysfunction until I got away and left home at 17 for other places. Um, And, you know, to be honest, I don't, negate or I don't feel bad about anything that I've experienced in in my life because even besides the incident at five, it happened again in college. Um, But I do know the things that I experienced um, made me who I am today. And also they gave me a testimony to help share and empower other people who have been in those situations. So to, to listen to you kind of tell that story, um, I have to say I'm not surprised that you found your current level of success, and I don't think you're done yet because it, it sort of just flows that you keep running into these these instances in your life where you have to decide who you are. And if that's at 17 and saying, okay, who am I? Am I the kind of girl that's going to stay here in Grand Rapids, Michigan and continue to kind of slug through this, or am I going to move on to my next best thing? And you were like, I'm moving on. And then later in your life, like you said, even just last year, you kind of had another moment of just like, okay, here's where I'm at, but who am I? And and every time you focus back on who you are and you put your faith in yourself, it's like you have some kind of a a breakthrough. And so like embracing, embracing your own, your own, uh, what, what did Bobby say earlier? Your own little sparkle, your own thing, the thing that makes you, you and being what you said was authentic seems to be this real Uh, for lack of a better word, I guess, catalyst to help you continue to evolve. So my question now is, if this has been sort of the pattern in your life at different stages, what do you do to kind of keep yourself sharp and to keep yourself from ever getting, I guess, complacent? Like, how do you stay hungry? Because shit, I'm really still hungry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm dead. I'm dead ass. I mean, There is so much more that I want to accomplish um, being a leader in my family. Um, You know how people sometimes talk about, I want to break generational curses and all these sorts of things, which is very great, which I am looking to do that. But I'm also here to bring generational blessings to my family. So with that being said, um, you know, it's a a whole lot more that I want to do. I just got to keep going. And I always say, you know, every day, that God allows me to wake up 
I'm going to try. I'm going to push. Um, you know, Joe, I don't have my children yet. And I say that because I know that I'm going to be blessed with twins one day. But I say, you know, I, I don't have my children yet. So, you know, a lot of my time should be allotted to my purpose, to getting things done, to investing in myself, to investing in others, etc. Um, so it's just only right. This is just part of my, my journey and my legacy. I, I don't know. I People often tell me, you know, you you so motivated. How do you get it done? And for me, it, it never was a choice. Like this is this is it. Like th- I know that my um, my choices, my sacrificing, um, my investments are going are for something big. And even if they're not, you know, recognized now, trust me, in twenty years somebody's going to say, I'm a lawyer because of the plugs lawyer. Like, I'm still standing because I saw Tiffany do it. So would would 17 year old Tiffany look at where you're at now and ever think that was possible? Um, kind of. And I say kind of because I've always had big dreams. But the 17 year old Tiffany honestly didn't even know if she was going to see 20 years old. So that's why I say kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you definitely strike me as a dreamer. As, as, as soon as you achieve one thing, you don't look at what you've achieved. You look at, well, if that's possible, what else is possible? And that can be very motivating for people. So, again, not surprised that you're where you're at. And I'm not going to be surprised when you do your next big thing because it just seems to make sense that it's coming. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy, though. I never really had a doubt, a shadow of a doubt when it comes to um, success or, you know, me working hard to um, achieve something. You know where I had the doubt at? I had the doubt when it came to family and love. And I and I and I'll, you know, share something with your listeners. I have been married before in the past. Um, so I'm not one of these, you know, cat ladies or some shit like that. <laughs> but I, I bring that up to say um, that was, some, you know, dealing with love and relationships, et cetera, because of some of the things that I've experienced in my lifetime. Um, love was hard for me to accept, receive, kind of deal with, um, you know, and, and I don't know, it was, it was a challenge. So I, I say all that to say, um, learning to be as confident as I am with love as I am with business. Oh, I'm going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> well, you, you said earlier, like you, you have to fight for you. And I, I think that's really true when it comes to accepting love. I really like the way that you said that, too, um, because that that's always been a struggle of mine as I will give and I will give and I will give and I will do all these things for other people. But to receive something is a whole nother skill set. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had points where you feel weird when somebody does something nice, like, stop, I got it. And and I had to kind of, you know, talk to myself and take my notes. I I write in my journal a lot, but I had to kind of say, no, you deserve that. You deserve to receive Mm -hmm. from people, be it friends, be it lovers, be it, you know, family or whatever you, you know, we deserve that. I mean, I'll give you even another, you know, small example. 
Um, I, I took off time during the month of December um, because I had two deaths in my family back to back. Now, the old Tiffany, somebody will die. I'm still working. I break my toe. I'm still working or still trying to do stuff. The new Tiffany is taking care of Tiffany first. So I, I bring up this prime example. It was um, the other night and I was coming home. I was kind of tired and I had a situation happen. And one of my thoughts said, OK, what can you do to show yourself empathy? What can you mm. do to give yourself care? And it was as simple as I had those. Um, it was like some massage things you put on your hands. I just I just did that for 20 minutes. And, you know, when it got done, of course, your hands are soft or whatever. And that's just a small example of loving yourself practically that sometimes we don't do, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and stepping outside yourself and almost looking at yourself as other because again, right. you're, you're a giver. What can I give to Tiffany? You know, because that's the one person you almost always are going to neglect. Yep, yep. Well, not anymore, Joe. That's Amen. why you see the Colgate smile because <laughs> I'm over here, you know, taking care of myself. Yeah, yeah. So how, what what kinds of things, because things aren't always, you know, peachy. Sometimes things are just hard. What what right. do you do when, when things are down? I mean, how do you how do you continue to hope against hope? Jeez, shit. Um... <laughs> Um, I might eat some edibles. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Um, honestly, I, I I lean on my faith. Seriously, I lean on my faith. When things are really rough, sometimes um, I will take the time to get quiet. I write in my journal. Um, I look back at past journal entries because sometimes it's something that I might have said to myself. That is helpful. Um, spending time with my family and friends, that's something that helps, you know, kind of reel me back in if I'm having a difficult time or a challenging time. Um, so those are some of the things that I like to do. Just stuff to, you know, make me calm. I, I like kids. I like doing kids stuff. So, you know, I'll play Connect Four. I'll play a game, anything, you know, to kind of bring me back center. Meditation is good. And then, I, again, taking care of your body. I drink a lot of water, take my vitamins. I eat as healthy as I can. Now, this past week, I've been, you know, eating some junk. But, um, and working out, working out. Bobby, you've been quiet for a while. What are you thinking? Yeah. What the hell are you doing, Bobby? He's <laughs> easily got all introspective on us. <laughs> no, no, no. I do... I do have some questions for you. I've been looking at your Instagram here, um, the official Simmons Law one. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so just a couple of random questions. You've got this shirt that says "Legal fees are not on layaway." Okay. My question is who who stiffed you with the bill to make you come up with that shirt? <laughs> okay. Well, that shirt came about over ten years, so it's not just one person. It's not just one client. It's not just you know. Let me pay you in thirty days. That is something that honestly, young lawyers, old lawyers, we all deal with those sorts of scenarios. Um, but I will, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from my perspective in, in when I say this. Um, I do see more minority attorneys dealing with those sorts of issues than not. Um, so it's not a particular issue or a particular person that kind of didn't pay a bill. But what happens is, for example, let's say I give a client a quote 
of $10,000 for, for their legal case. Now, let's say they say, well, can I do a payment arrangement? Okay, I'll do it. let you do that. You pay 5000 up front, and then you can do a payment arrangement of the remaining balance. Okay, so when it's time for them to make their first payment, let's say it's due that next month on the 1st. I have to pay my staff and my team on the 5th. They don't make that payment on the 1st. Well, who suffers? Simmons Law suffers. My team suffers. Then it goes from... I can't be the best attorney for you because now I'm turned into a bill collector. I'm not a fucking bill collector. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do, um, I don't want the relationship to turn adversarial. So to explain to, you know, you and to the audience, it's not even about, oh, we want your money. Give us all your money. It's about the relationship changes when the money becomes an issue. So then when I have to address with the clients, hey, you didn't make your payment, this, that, and the third, then, oh, well, Miss Simmons, why are you being like that? Please help. Nobody tries to negotiate with their rent. Nobody tries to negotiate with their electricity bill. You pay it or your shit is getting cut off. That's similar to, to how we work. And I don't want to be in a position where I'm more focused on when are you going to pay your bill than I'm focused on your case. So that is a that's very dangerous for people to want to even do a payment arrangement because you want your lawyer to be able to be at their peak best performance, not focusing on you didn't pay your bill and I'm still showing up to court for somebody that didn't pay me. Nobody likes to work for free. Why do they think we want to work for free? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. do you do you do you get that a lot? Like, do a lot of people approach you and expect you to work for free because you're a lawyer? Like, is I, there is I, there a lot of people well, that want that? This is the thing. A lot of people. It's not that they want us to work for free in theory, but what we have is intangible. What I'm selling is in my head. Hmm. It's not. It's not a T-shirt. It's not a book. It's not something that they can leave with. So they don't see that value until you make them see that value. I got over a million dollars, if not more, inside my head. So you're going to fucking pay for that. Does it drive you crazy when people ask you for free legal advice when you're at parties, you're at the ball? Like, does the conversation change when people find out you're a lawyer? It does. I, I say that. I say that because as a trainer, the minute somebody finds out I'm a trainer, it's questions about working out. It's questions about food. I'm like, I'm not working right now. Like, I am not on the clock. I just want to hang out and talk about my basketball or my football or, you know, my kids or my wife or something like that. Do you yep. how does how do, how do you deal with that when that happens? Because a lot of people have a hard time shutting off work. Well, the thing is, you learn over time. For me, that was something that I learned over time, how to um, kind of maneuver through that. Uh, hey, you're a lawyer. Let me ask you a quick question. What I tell people now is, um, you know, they'll say, hey, can I ask you this? You can call me at the office. Give me a call at the office. That's what I'll tell them. And I'll give them my number And eight times out of 10. They're not going to call because they want to ask you right then. So, no, um, if I'm at an event, if I'm doing something, there has been times where I've been on set acting where people have asked me legal questions and I'll politely say, well, hey, you know, thanks for asking me that, but I'm here in the capacity as an actor right now. So you can call me outside of this. And, and handle it in a professional manner. I mean, that's the best you can do. 
But other than that, um, it doesn't bother me because I know how to address it. So my next thing is I keep seeing this undefeated since 2009. And we've covered that earlier. You're you're never lost. Are there cases that you won't take now? Like, is there a pressure that you have to win on yourself? Are there cases that you will take, won't take? Is it something you want to maintain? Does that weigh into your decision making process? No, because the undefeated, that didn't that wasn't anything that I even aspired to have. Honestly, it just it was it, it just dawned on me one day and I was just going through because I, I average, you know, like one to two trials per year out of the 10 years. So I'm not one of those attorneys that is heavily litigating cases. Um, but it just so happened I was thinking about it and I'm like, oh, wow, you never fucking lost. And the more I, I looked and I so it wasn't even a thing that I you know, bragged about or tried to strategically happen like that. That's just how it literally happened. That's why I always say it was the grace of God, because, again, it wasn't any anything that I said, let me take this case because I know it's easy. No, at the end of the day, I'm just that bitch. Like, I'm just I'm going to prepare. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to run circles around the state every single time because I'm going to do what I need to do. Now, I'm not going to say that there is not a possibility of having a a challenge where I may lose a trial. I'm not saying that it's not a possibility. It just has never happened. And by the grace of God, it won't happen. Um, You know, to kind of piggyback a little bit more on, on cases and selecting cases, I just said to somebody yesterday, I do want to try more challenging cases, but it also goes back to the type of clients that can afford legal representation. I mean, I call myself the Louis V illegal. So if you're, you know, if you know what Louis Vuitton is, you know, the price range of those sorts of, you know, products. And everybody that wants Louis Vuitton can't necessarily pay for Louis Vuitton so they can go get knockoffs. Everybody that wants Attorney Simmons can't necessarily pay for that. Like if someone I have people call for murder charges, all of those sorts of things, a murder charge. The the quote is going to start at twenty five thousand and up. And that's because it's going to be a lot of work that's involved. We have private investigators like it's a whole team. It's not just, oh, let me give her this twenty five thousand so she can go buy a new car. No, this is to properly defend you. How many employees do you have? Right. Full time employees. It's just two. I have independent contractors. Simmons Law is um, definitely a firm where we try to have low overhead. And the low overhead is uh, one of the things that I know has helped me maintain a decade in law. Good, good. Do you want to be part of my legal team? Sure, let's talk about that. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's let's qualify that. I am a podcast guest, not lawyer. I actually, I actually, I'm I'm building a criminal empire, and I have two lawyers on uh, retainer right now, and I'm looking for a third. And and you've done such a good job with this podcast. I think I'm going to treat it as a job interview. I might have you join the team. Well, you don't want to say criminal uh, enterprise. Maybe a legend criminal enterprise. A legend. She's good, Bobby. All right. She's good. I like her. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me laugh. Now, another thing is um, 
a lot of the shows I've been watching lately involve lawyers. Would you want to play a lawyer in a TV show or do you like doing different things? Um, I would love to play a lawyer on a on a TV show. I honestly I think it would be dope. Um there has been lawyers that have been like consultants on some of the movies and different stuff, you know, that has um that's lawyer related. So yeah, I, I would love to do that. Cause the thing about it is um with me being in entertainment not only do I like doing stuff as the talent, I also like doing stuff behind the scenes. Like I've done, you know, being a PA before I've done, you know, set design or things like that. I am definitely one of those people that if I'm passionate about it, I'm hands on. I want to be involved from the inside out. So, you know, to kind of answer that, um, yeah, I would um, definitely do it. Okay. Another random question. Why Atlanta? It looks like you went from Grand Rapids to Florida. You went to Florida A&M, correct? I did for undergrad. Yep. How do you land in? How do you land in the ATL? In hot Atlanta. Well, another tidbit about my family. Um, my aunt Debbie. She was. She's my mom's oldest sister. Um, she was one of those. I gotta leave Grand Rapids as well. So Aunt Debbie, she moved to Denver before when I was a kid. And when she left Denver, she transplanted herself to Atlanta. So Atlanta was like second home. I would come here as a kid in the 90s. I was here for the 96 Olympics, um, you know, here visiting her for the summer. So that is why Atlanta was chosen. Um Michigan, again, that was my hometown, but I always knew that there were things that I wanted to do that was bigger than my hometown. Um, A lot of people that I grew up with either, you know, was dead or going to jail, to be honest. So that was not a place that I wanted to be. Pretty incredible. So do you do you ever get back to Grand Rapids then? Like it doesn't it, it doesn't sound like with that, the way you put that that it was the, the the greatest experience, if you will. Do you ever get back? Do you ever go back? Or are you out and gone? I do. I go home a lot. Um, I actually have family across the whole state. So, you know, when I do go home, it's not necessarily to go to Grand Rapids. Um, my grandparents, who kind of was, you know, pivotal in helping raise me, all of my grandparents are deceased now. So Michigan, for me, um, it's very different. So I, I don't really, um, prefer to go home as often. The last time I was actually in my hometown of Grand Rapids, I did a book signing. Um, a friend of mine has a restaurant there. I did a book signing of my books. So, you know, I'll definitely go back. Um, but it's not as often and it's definitely a different feel than, you know, when I was growing up there or even when, you know, my grandparents were alive, when I would go specifically to see them. Interesting. I like it. Anything else you want to add for today? Anything you want to tell people about where they can get a hold of you? Oh, uh, you know, books, things like that. <laughs> sure. Um, well, I'll add uh, my I've, I've released four books. Um, you can catch them on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Kindle, The Plugs Lawyer, um, That's Law. Um, also, Law and Family Order, <laughs> Making the Case for a Successful Moms to Be. This one is actually a nonfiction book. Um, my fifth book, 
which will be a poetry book is coming out. The Plugs Lawyer 2 is coming out. Um, the film, The Plugs Lawyer, that's something that's a plan for me. But people definitely can follow us on social media, Official Simmons Law, my page, The Plugs Lawyer. If you're interested in me as the actor or model, follow The Pretty Bully. That's my um, IG page for the creatives. Um, our office, 404-461-8422. Twitter, I am Simmons Law. We're definitely out here in the community. And if you're one of those people that loves the trial watches, catch me on Court TV, catch me on Law and Crime, because I am definitely um, one of the people that comes on those shows to talk about the cases. So that's how people can catch up with me or just catch me at your gym. Who knows? I might be doing a book with Bobby soon this year. <laughs> how, how do I get a role in this upcoming Plugs Lawyer movie? Shit, let's do it. Just, <laughs> come on. It's a, it's I a wanna play. I want to play Chase. He seems like he has a lot of fun. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no, you cannot be Chase. No, no. <laughs> so I take it you've taken a look at the book because you know the characters' names. <laughs> I do. I, I, I research people that we, you know, deal with in the podcast, but he seems like he has a, he has a, he has a good life. Like, I think that, <gasps> I think that when I grow up, I, I want to be either ghost, uh, otherwise known as James St. Patrick right, or, right. or Chase. Those are the two people I think I was, I was meant to be, but it hasn't, it hasn't really worked out for me yet. Oh, wow. Well, you got to check out. Um, it's also some more characters in the book. Coleman is Coleman is having a better life than Chase. So <laughs> see what happens in, in the book, Lawyer too. <laughs> All right. We'll check that out. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Tiffany. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And um, keep doing what you do with the health because you're definitely inspiring me as well. Um, and thanks for supporting. Of course. It was fun. All right, guys, I'll see you later. All right, well, there we go. We are uh, done with Tiffany. Um, pretty incredible person. Yeah. Uh, Joe, and, and in a way, like, she's really, really funny. Yeah. Um, really outgoing, but I think a little humble, too, because, you know, reading her bio, she didn't have the easiest upbringing. No. Like, no, you no. can see that taking a lot of it in stride like you know she, she had mentioned I asked her about it she kind of sidestepped a little bit but coming from Grand Rapids like it was not easy yeah. for her yeah. you know, but it sounds like, like, you know, like she doesn't she doesn't have like a victim mentality about her life either no, she's, she's just, just like, like, like yeah, here's that's where I'm at today and, and here's what I'm trying to do and all of that's just what's behind me so super yeah. inspiring I'm like that was great no for sure so uh, and, and the other thing is the weight loss and the mentality that mm -hmm. it's you know given her but in this case you could argue that it's a kind of chicken and egg thing because it's not just what she went through growing up and yeah. becoming successful you know becoming a lawyer like she said no one in the family was a lawyer yeah. she didn't grow up with a silver spoon in her mouth that probably helped her with the training as well yeah. you know so it's, it's it's interesting that you can use life experiences to overcome the hardships in the gym. So yeah. remember, when you're starting, because it's the new year, do you still? I don't know when that ends, but <laughs> I think when February. You're, <laughs> yeah, when you're in the gym and you're finding it difficult, like you can draw on these past experiences. Yeah, 100%. So that's it. 
thank you for listening to the Maximus Podcast. Uh, if you guys are interested in what we do, go to themaximuspodcast.com, sign up for the Inner Circle, uh, support Joe and I. It allows us to do the podcast, and you will get an incredible community of driven uh, people like Tiffany Simmons, for yeah. example, that you can uh, talk to, learn from, um, interact with, uh, and, and, and grow with, evolve. And that is it. Last of-